Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Most of us have experienced trauma at some level in our lives. Trauma is something that profoundly affects us, and people are often not very understanding of it. The same is true for us when we read the Gospel accounts of the crucifixion accounts of Jesus. Few of us have probably given much thought to the trauma that the apostles and the other followers of Jesus experienced at that time. After Jesus rose from the dead, he spoke with two disciples who did not recognize him. In that conversation, he brought hope to people who had none. Here's Pastor Jim in part one of his message, Jesus, the Hopeful King. Well, on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Day, pastors traditionally reassure or try to show people that Jesus rose from the dead and he is alive. In recent years, some things have changed. The guys who specialize in church growth tell you what you need to do is you need to uh, start a new series uh, so people come back next week. So you're all invited back next week. So we're not going to do that, but you're all invited back next week. Uh, but this week, uh, the last from uh, Sunday to Wednesday to Friday to today, we spent the entire week in the Gospel of Luke. We have limited ourselves basically to that. A few references here and there to other Gospels. But we're with the Gospel of Luke, or spending the week with Dr. Luke, as he was a doctor. And we've been particularly paying attention to some of the reactions of some of the people during the Passion Week, or the Holy Week, the week of between Palm Sunday, uh, the Last Supper, Good Friday when Jesus is crucified, and uh, Jesus rising from the dead. Maybe sometimes it takes things in your life, or in the lives of your dear friends, to... to bring your attention to some of the things in the, in the Bible. And I was really thinking a lot this past, past few months as I've been reading through and through and through the Gospels and trying to say to the Lord, give me some direction for the holidays. You know, it's easy for us to overlook the trauma that the followers of Jesus had that week. You know, it's easy to dismiss trauma, isn't it? It's easy to excuse it or try to ignore it in our own lives but to acknowledge our suffering and our disappointments and then to see them in light of the cross and resurrection actually will help us to experience Jesus. It has been a very, very tough and confusing week for the disciples and the apostles. The disciples are the learners and followers of Jesus, like most of you are, and the apostles are the 12 guys that he had picked for it. One of them ended up being the devil himself, or a devil, Judas. But just imagine you go from Palm Sunday, well, he raises Lazarus from the dead. Then you go to Palm Sunday, where the people are saying, you know, they're all cheering for Jesus. And then on Friday, he's crucified on a cross. And the emotions must have been just absolutely incredible for them. And so it's been a hard week for them, traumatizing week. And it's been a tough year for our world. I presume it's been a tough year for you. Some of you might even say that it's been a traumatic year for you. Two years ago, or in the, in the years before that, we would traditionally have one Good Friday service, and 
that they were so full, the standing room only, we said last year, at the beginning of last year, well, Good Friday, we have to do two services. And so we ended up, what, doing Good Friday online. You know, a lot of changes. And Luke chapter 24 invites us to take a walk with two what we might call unknown followers of Jesus who are in a lot of pain. And with them, we are going to meet Jesus, the hopeful king. And as we've said in previous studies, when the Bible talks about hope, it actually um, is talking about the certainty of God. For us, we're like, well, I hope it works out for you. But with God, when God talks about hope, it is his certainty. So if you're taking notes today, three things we want to look at. Number one, that Jesus brings hope in the darkness. Jesus brings hope in the darkness. You might want to say the resurrection of Jesus brings hope in the darkness. Look at verse 13. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day, this is the first Easter, to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. Does that, does that sound familiar to you? Have you spent a lot of this past year talking with your friends about all the things that have happened? And, and you know, <laughs> you, you can tell what people say by what, you can tell what news channel they watch by the way they talk. And so you're just talking about all this stuff. And it says, verse 15, so, so it was while they conversed and reasoned, some versions say while they were arguing. So it's a heated discussion that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained. Literally, it says they were prevented from recognizing him. This is what we call a divine passive, meaning God didn't allow them to recognize them, although, him, although we do think he looked a little different in his resurrected body, so that they did not know him. So once again, let me ask you this question. How much of the last year have you spent trying to figure the world out? trying to figure out what in the world is going on or how much of the last year have you spent trying to ignore what's going on <laughs> or trying to pretend like, oh, things are normal or you're just, you're living your life waiting for things to go back to normal. Whatever normal is, I have no idea. And so here, Jesus has died on the cross. Two of his followers are, are walking, and now they're not apostles, they're followers, they're walking, and they're talking it out. Now, before the service, I did say you could join a community group, you could get a list on your, on your way out. Um, you know what's a great reason to join a community group right now? Your sanity. <laughs> your sanity. They have experienced trauma. They have experienced the sudden, brutal death of Jesus on the cross, and now what they're doing is they're walking along and they're talking to each other. What are they trying to do? They're trying to work their way through it. That's what we do, right? We, we talk about these things because we're, we're trying to work our way through it. That's why it's not a good idea to live in isolation. They're disappointed. They're hurt. It could be fearful, they're afraid, they're definitely confused, they're wondering what does the future hold, is there, is there life on hold, are there plans for the future shot? A lot of you have had plans that are just now like, what do I do with that? 
we could say they're kind of walking along in a fog. Do you ever wake up some mornings and be like, oh yes, this is what's been going on. Suddenly another traveler comes along and starts to talk to them. Now you think, well, that's kind of weird. That's kind of weird. Well, not really. People would be walking home. There's only so many roads. They'd be walking home uh, from the Passover and this, this traveler walks up and he, and he comes up to them and, and he starts to talk with them. Now, you know, that's awkward, isn't it? Were you ever in a really private conversation with someone and some third party walks up and you're kind of like, uh, 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 and you want to say, get out of here. We're talking about something personal, but, but they're kind of got to deal with it and it's Jesus, but they don't know it. Now I wonder, is there a principle for us here that Jesus discloses himself to us when we walk with him? when we are intimate with him, when we are talking with him and about him to other people, when we are close to him, he begins to disclose himself to us. Verse 17, and he said to them, I mean, I love this. This is just two what we would call garden variety followers of Jesus. What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? So basically, he's like, hey, what are you guys talking about? I mean, what, 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 you, man, you really seem intense. One version says, and they stood still looking sad. Another version adds, and they stopped walking and looked discouraged. Then verse 18, then one of, them, one of those whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, are you the only stranger? I mean, like, man, are you the only person in Jerusalem and have not known the things which happened there in these days? So Jesus just walks up to them. And like he often does with us, he asks a question, a simple question. Remember, they don't know it's him. He's like, well, hey, what are you guys talking about? What are you all, what are you all jacked up about? Or why are you so sad? Or why, what, what's the deal? Cleopas, because he's upset, basically says to him, where have you been? (laughs) Didn't you hear what happened over the weekend? And like, what were you like drunk and passed out? I mean, what's the deal, man? You don't, you don't know what happened in Jerusalem. Now his question, he's, he seems like he's impatient. I know none of you have ever been impatient with God. You're spiritual people. You've come to first service. But anyway, have you ever been impatient with God? His question seems impatient. And I think what we have, what's going on with him is a mixture of fact, what happened combined with a loss of hope. This is what happened, but this is not the way I saw things panning out. You put those two together and what do you have? You have a prescription for trauma, for depression, for sadness, for disappointment. I would also add that that seems to have a way of producing a spiritual blindness in us where if we're not careful, our circumstances can in our minds and in our hearts become bigger than Jesus. It's like all we're focused on, all we're focused on. Now, we know more than they do, right? Are you so sure about that? You say, oh, yes, we know Jesus rose from the dead. They don't, they don't know it. Are you so sure about that? 
Let me ask you a question, soul-searching question. I mean, I got to deal with these soul-searching questions myself all the time getting ready for these messages. Are, are, you, are you aware just how close Jesus is to you in your despair? Are you really aware of that? Do you, do you give that a thought? I know you're like, oh no, he seems far from me, but, but when you read the Bible, you're like, I, I don't know if I can make a big case for that. Let's be really honest with ourselves. Really honest for ourselves. You're like, Pastor Jim, where's the Jesus' raised pep rally speech? That's not here today. Let's be really honest with ourselves. Is it possible that like them, we fail to see or we fail to remember how close our comfort is to us in our despair? That it's just, we've just, we're so overwhelmed with everything. And, and, and I'm not saying we don't grieve. I'm not saying we don't, we're not sad. But we also have to remember who is walking with us in our sadness, who's walking with us in our confusion, in our, in our pain. You see, loved ones, it's, it's not Jesus who doesn't know what's going on. It's them. <laughs> It's not Jesus who doesn't know what's going on. It's us. And that's why Jesus so often asks us questions. I don't know if you, I sense God talking to me so often in questions. When you read the gospels, you'll often see Jesus asking questions of people. Those of you who want to share your faith with other people, uh, that's a great way to talk to people about faith is by asking them questions to guide them, to guide us. Jesus does it in truth. Verse 19. So he just said to him, what planet are you from? (laughs) You don't know what's going on. And he said to them, what things? (laughs) I'm telling you, man, Jesus cracks me up. He really does. Some of the stuff he says to people, I'm just like, wow, wow. You know, these guys are all, all like, you know, can't, how did you, you had to know what was going on in Jerusalem. And he goes, really? Tell me, tell me. So, so what does Jesus do here? To get them to talk, he acts clueless. So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet. Wait a minute, was, was, no, no, he is who was a prophet, mighty indeed, probably talking about his miracles, and word, meaning the content of his messages. Today, in the church, it's all about presentation. Presentation. Is the presentation good? You see you know, people walking around the stage, they don't have to say anything. Is the presentation good? Are the videos good? Is this cool? Is that cool? No, for Jesus, it was the content. He was a prophet, mighty indeed, or miracles, and word, before God and all the people, so, so what do they do? They have a partially correct view of Jesus. They, they see him as a prophet, but not a priest and a king. They're not proclaiming him as Lord and Savior. Verse 20, and then they tell Jesus what happened and how the chief priests and our rulers, that's the religious leaders, always a big shock to people if you're here with us or you're watching uh, online and you're not a follower of Jesus, so glad that you've joined us. Big shock, was a big shock for me when I learned that it was the religious leaders who were the real haters of Jesus. That's why when people say to me, you're very religious, I'm like, please don't say that. Please. 
I'll usually say, would you please define what you mean by religion? Because did you know the religious leaders hated Jesus? So our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and be crucified. Now notice, there's no mention of the Romans. Luke, in his gospel, seems to go out of the way, as the other Bible writers do, to see that Jesus was not about overturning the government. There will be a new government, Isaiah tells us, that will be upon Jesus' shoulders. It's not here yet, and that doesn't mean we don't vote. That doesn't mean we don't want good government. But the problem with government is you get one regime in, you're like, oh, things are good, and then you get another one in, and they change everything. No, no, it's not about overturning government. Jesus didn't preach about that. It's, a, it's about knowing God. If we evangelize, you know, right now people say if we vaccinate the world, we don't have to worry about variants. If we vaccinate the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, we vaccinate the United States with the gospel of Jesus Christ, we won't have to worry so much about the government. <laughs> but again, I'm all for good government. Verse 21, this, this is it. But we were hoping, we were hoping. I mean, this is what we were looking forward to. And it was shattered. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem or who was going to save us from the Romans and bless our nation. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Now, in the Old Testament, they would know the Old Testament. They would just call it the scriptures. Uh, the third day is, is a term for deliverance. And Jesus said that he would rise from the dead the third day. So what are they saying? They're saying that their hopes and their dreams were nailed to the cross. They have that feeling, and I know I'm not the only one who has this. They have that feeling of when God does not fulfill our hopes, that all hope is lost. That feeling of when God does not fulfill our hopes, that all hope is lost. Do you know that feeling? I know that feeling all too well. Verse 22, yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb astonished us. Now the version says they amazed us with what they said. Verse 23, when they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. So they're basically saying, okay, so the women went and they saw angels who said he rose from the dead. And then a couple of our guys went, they didn't see him. So at this point, we're kind of skeptical. We're kind of skeptical. Where's the body? We know the tomb, we believe the tomb was empty, but where's the body? If you're here today or you're watching us online, you're a skeptic, welcome, 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 welcome. Former big skeptic here. So they're, they're walking along still. They're still talking to Jesus. They still don't know it's him. And they tell him the story. Some of our women went to the tomb. They found it empty. And some of our guys went and the body was gone. Now, the gospel of John, interesting. The gospel of John tells us that it was Peter and John, the apostle Peter and the apostle John, John, the writer of the gospel of John, who ran to the temple. Very funny. Uh, John makes note in the gospel that we know that he outran Peter to the temple. <laughs> My wife always says to me, you men are so competitive. And I say to her, it's very apostolic. 
Even John lets us know that he outran Peter. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus or you're struggling in your faith right now, you may be right with these two guys that are walking with Jesus. You feel like you're walking along in in darkness and and sadness. You're, You're walking in the unknown of the world. You know, it's easy for us to think that the people in the ancient world believed anything. Not so. They're not convinced that Jesus was raised from the dead. Yet, interesting, the Bible writers are very clear, and this is a very important point, that you don't have to see the risen Christ to know him. You don't have to see him to know him and trust him. Why? Because he is not far from you. He is not far from you. I don't know whether I got cut off in, in, the, in, the, in the message Friday night or not, but I was talking about how Pontius Pilate just couldn't shake Jesus. He couldn't shake him. And maybe that's you. Maybe you, you, you're, a, you're a skeptic. You don't believe, but you, you can't shake him. You're trying, but it's really, really hard for you. He, he's not far from you, even in the darkness. Well, how's that possible? How can you know? Well, from hope in the darkness, we move to number two. Jesus brings hope in the word. Verse 25, then he said to them, (laughs) oh, foolish ones. (laughs) Now, some of your Bible versions clean that up a little. They're like, we can't, we can't write that. And it says, oh, how unwise of you. (laughs) He says, oh, foolish ones and slow of heart. Oh, (laughs) to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. What is he saying? He's saying, you, you, you didn't believe what, what the scripture said. Ought not, some versions say, was, is it, wasn't it necessary for the Christ or the Messiah to have suffered these things and to, we might say, and then to enter his glory? Now, it's very interesting in, in that verse, the very heavy, those two verses, very heavy emphasis on the word all. Didn't you know, didn't you believe, didn't you trust all that the prophets said, all that the scripture said, that it was, and the second uh, emphasis point is on ought or necessary, that it was necessary for him to suffer. They couldn't wrap their arms around a suffering Messiah. They thought it was going to be a guy who, you know, dropped bombs on the Roman Empire. Couldn't get their arms around this suffering servant. Verse 27, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded or he explained to them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Now, some people call this the world's greatest Bible study. It's one I hope we get a videotape of when we get to heaven. So Jesus is teaching them in a fashion that the traumatic events of our lives Again, we're not minimizing the pain. As painful and as difficult as they are, do not have to be the end of hope. That they can actually be the beginning of hope. Jesus is reminding them and reminding us in good times and bad, you can trust the word of God. You can can trust that the Old Testament promises that, that pointed to Jesus But here's the thing he's telling them. It's not just for the next life. He's like, guys, this is is not just for the next life. Followers of Jesus, we have the forgiveness of sins. All your sins in the past have been forgiven. 
We anticipate, we don't, we don't sin because we'll be, it'll be forgiven in the future because that's silly. The Apostle Paul said, should I sin so grace should abound? We're supposed to go, no. But we anticipate our future sins will be forgiven as well. We have, when we put our trust in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit living within us. We have the word of God, all of which helps us to experience and know Jesus now, now. It's not just about going to heaven. It's about knowing Jesus now as they're doing, walking with Jesus now, all the way as Jesus did into glory. Resurrection and the word of God shows us how Jesus and all followers of Jesus, what's a follower of Jesus? I can't. I, I can barely bring myself to use the word Christian anymore. People say to me, "Are you a Christian?" I always say, "Could you please define for me what you mean by that word?" And if anybody throws any religious terms at me, I always say, "Can you please define for me what you mean by that word?" And I'll tell you whether I am that or not. Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love brings you the great hope of the gospel to equip you to reach others with this transforming message. In a world filled with fear and mistrust, Pastor Jim provides the path to freedom in a clear and transparent style. Changed by Love needs your help to reach thousands, including your friends and neighbors. Find out the ways you can team financially with Changed by Love by visiting our website at changedbyloveradio.org or call 862-217-9686. Pastor Jim would love to hear your story and how Changed by Love has impacted your life or someone you know. Your encouragement goes a long way. Thank you for spending time with Pastor Jim Kevney and Changed by Love.